This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. Hello, 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 hello. And we're having fun in the studio today. It's very warm in here today. How is everybody? I have got some super guests for you today. Uh, as usual, this is the station, 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio. We're on every Monday, 2 till 4. I'm Jackie Groundsell. This station plays for you a wide range of music, but I also have my wonderful guests who also are diverse in their topics. For example, we could be talking about how to manage your finances, or we could be talking about bed bugs, or we could be talking about the menopause, um, or the theatre, all sorts of topics. Now, if you find that there's something that you would like us to discuss, do let me know. Uh, as I say, Jackie Groundsell, 1230, the women's company, and my email address is jgrounddsell at and then the numbers 1230.co.uk and that of course is the website all the w's 1230.co.uk and we're broadcasting here from love to beat radio station based here in penge now i touched on talking about bugs just a moment ago and i indeed have a wonderful bug lady here um the amazing vicky sims hi vicky hello <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners we are a locally based radio station with global reach so who knows who's actually listening to us well i don't think i can serve the whole world but you never know i might go worldwide one day but yeah my name is uh, vicky sims and i am the owner of ladybug Pest Control. Uh, I'm based here in South East London and I cover most of the South East postcodes, uh, all of Bromley Borough and most of the Croydon Borough as well. That's quite wide, isn't it, Vic? Yeah, it is a, is a huge area. We're extremely busy at the moment with wasp jobs. Um, there's been a lot of those about Although the weather did put us up off the last few weeks uh, before we decided to get some sunshine. Um, but now we've been extremely busy uh, doing about 20 wasp jobs a day, which keeps us really, really busy and the staff really busy as well. 20? I mean, that's huge. And, mm. then, and then I suppose because of their need, you can't say, OK, well, we'll do you all in one day and they're over in Croydon or, or the far side of Croydon or they're in Penns or whatever. How do you manage that? How yeah, do you, you juggle it's, it all? It's about time management. And what you do is the girls in the office will uh, book in the job. They'll look at the diary, look at the, where the technicians are and try and, and fit them, fit the jobs around where the, where the technicians mainly are. So then when the technician goes out, he'll do mainly all of Croydon first. Then he'll come back into the Bromley Borough or then you'll go into the southeast area. So it's about time management. And the systems that we have in place also tell you the best way to kind of uh, do the jobs as well. So they work the route out for you as well. So with technology today, it's really easy to kind of manage your time. And the wash jobs don't take that long, to be honest with you. We're, very rarely are we on a job longer than 10 minutes um, to do it. So you can knock them out really quickly. And generally, because we are a local business, we can get to the next customer within 10 to 15 minutes. So we send them a text warning, 
notify them that we're on our way. That we'll send them a tracking link as well so they can then see if we're stuck in any traffic. Um, and then nine times out of ten, the customers open the door ready for us when we pull up, which is great because um, all they want to do really is get rid of the, the, the wasps because they are very dangerous to us humans, especially if um, anyone's allergic to them. Uh, the wasps will continually inject venom into uh, either a human or even a pet dog or cat. And it could eventually, you know, if you've got an anaphylactic shock, if you don't get that dealt with within 30 minutes, you, you could die. Oh, so, yeah, nice though, I know, but, um, you know, that, that's reality, um, you know, and that's why we, we are called a lot and that's why we're extremely busy. Um, and, yeah, and we, we serve the local community and we're always really highly recommended. So that that's a good thing. You can't beat word of mouth, no. really. I think that's the best advertisement. Absolutely. And people can't miss you, can they, Vicky? <laughs> Big yellow van with lovely ladybird on it. <laughs> yeah, it, it is huge. But um, we want to try and get into the more of the uh, commercial sector. So I've had to grow up a little bit. So I'll keep my domestic uh, logo the way it is. Um, but I've had to sit down with my uh, designer and we've had to come up with a more grown up uh, ladybug logo. Uh, with more corporate colours um, and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, which is a shame because I'm still the same person. We've still all got the same qualifications and, and the training. It's all the same. It's just that, unfortunately, in the corporate world, you have to be more corporate. Um, and I just try and inject a little bit of fun into what can be a very distressing uh, situation for some people, even when you go into offices, schools and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I love going into schools because the kids, especially the younger kids, they just love the logo. They go, oh, it's Ladybug. And it's like, and it, you just get noticed that way. And even when you're driving the vans, which are bright yellow, you're absolutely right with a giant ladybird on it. Um, the All the kids, when you're stuck in traffic, I like sitting in traffic. It's my best advertisement. I absolutely yeah. love sitting in traffic because imagine. you've got people walking along and they always look at the at the vehicles and mm. you know when I've got family in my car because all my all my vehicles are all sign written up and if I've got my family in the car and everyone goes do you not realize how many times you are being looked at I said but that's a good thing I you know Absolutely. I don't shy away from it I wave and stuff like that so it's, it's good yeah no absolutely um so just um, I'd like to come back to the corporate marketing side of things for mm. you in terms of your brand in a minute uh, Vicky but you mentioned about the dangers for humans and animals mm. if for example they get stung by a wasp do you find that actually when you turn up to a client you've also got a, that situation to manage as well or is it is it literally you just wasps gone and all no yeah I mean no we we are you know the, the community I'm very much community focused and looking after our customers I always ask them if they're okay, blah, 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 and have a conversation with them. But, yeah, it is – I have to try and uh, reassure people a hell of a lot, especially, like, if you're going into a, a property that's got rats running around or they've seen a rat, the customer can be so distraught. It is unbelievable. Um, and I tend to have to go in and uh, reassure that client, you know, this is what we're going to do, this is what's happening – and be, you know, very much open and upfront, upfront with what's going on. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I do explain a hell of a lot. I do talk a lot on the jobs as well. Um, but that's because 
I'm reassuring them because it if I had well I have got a fear I've got my fear is spiders and if I've got a, someone coming in and they're just coming in not even talking to me about the situation like what's been going on what's the behavior um, you know you're living with this pest at the end of the day there's no way that I could just go in and go right step to one side I'm going to deal with your problem without even having a conversation with that person mm. I just don't think that's the right way to to treat it I just think you need to involve the client because at the end of the day they also need to work with you uh, to get the job done right as well because we've got the tools but we don't know the behavior of what's been going on you know where have you seen the rats or the mice you know what has been going on tell me the behavior um, and it makes that customer feel a little bit reassured and at ease that they're part of helping getting rid of the pest so um, we've touched on wasps and obviously with the warmth of the weather and everything else, do you sometimes get people who say they've got wasps but actually they've got bees? Um, yeah, so normally if they're not sure, um, mm. because it's it, to me obviously it's obvious what's the difference between a wasp and a bee. Mm. Wasps are very yellow, they're predominantly yellow, whereas our honeybees are more of a golden brown with the black stripe. So mm. if they're still not 100% sure... I will say to them, look, is there any chance you can send me in a video or a photograph or, you know, something? And if they still can't, we will then go out and we will identify it as well. And if it does turn out to be bees, then I've got um, a guy um, who lives locally as well who who, who does uh, honeybee removal. So we won't kill bees. It's not... You're not allowed to, are you? I don't you can. can you? Um, if oh. it, yeah, if it's a matter of... Uh, you have to look at the situation. If, right. it, if it's... Because there are bee, bees can also sting you. Yeah. But they tend not to sting you unless they feel threatened. So if there's a situation and it's right by a nursery, obviously we have to look at that and think, you know what? We need to try and get these bees removed. We will always try and get the bees removed, not mm. kill. Mm. Um, a lot of people think that we get off on, um, you know, killing all the time, but it's not always about that. You have to look at every single situation differently and, and, and see the situation. And if there's a life or death situation to human and pets, then we have to make that judgment call. Um, and we have to explain that to the, to the customer. And sometimes the customer just says, just kill them, just kill them. And I go, well, no, we're not. We're not here to do that. I like to educate people as well. So, you know, if there is a situation where there are bees, I will get my bee guy in uh, and he will do it um, mm. and stuff. And, that, and that's how we kind of do it. I'm not one of these people just to go around killing everything. I don't even kill a lot of rats, if I'm honest with you. I'll redirect them. <laughs> <laughs> that away. Yeah, go that way. <laughs> these customers don't want you there. But, they, that, you know, again, that's a different situation. With rats, they tend to come up from the sewer network. So... We then have got the equipment and the uh, the availability to be able to put down our CCTV um, camera and be able to see, right, how are the rats getting into your home? And nine times out of ten, there's a, a redundant branch line and the, the rats have uh, tunnelled up and burrowed out of the sewer network and up underneath the foundations of the property and into your home. Before you know it, they, they've, they've got the f whole footprint of your home without yeah. even you realising that. Yeah. And their family. Yeah, yeah, and the family, yeah, and they live there rent-free. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, something um, that pops up periodically, I notice, on Facebook is foxes. Mm -hmm. um, now, where I live, we, we 
back onto Beckenham Town Football Club and in between there there's a piece of land and we get a lot of foxes along there and also going up and down our road and mm. I know in Beckenham people will pop up on Facebook and say oh, I found this dead fox what am I supposed to do with it um you know and I know sometimes if you're around and available as people call on you mm. via Facebook mm-hmm. that you will deal with it but I mean does that happen often yeah, I mean, this year we have picked up a lot more. We've done a lot more dead animal removal collection. Uh, normally, I always say to people, I try and save people money, especially in this day and age where we've got the cost of living crisis and stuff like that. It's not always cheap to call out pest control. So I always advise people, I say, look, if the fox is in your back garden or the dead animal is in your back garden, we had a deer the other week. Really? Uh, yeah, I know. Where was that? It was in Croydon. Wow. Yeah, it was, a, it was only a baby deer. It had been, the lady was selling her house. So we went round there and we said, look, we obviously say, if you can get the dead animal to the roadside, the council will come and collect that for you free of charge. Mm. But obviously, if they don't have that and they're too squeamish, and they because it is a horrible situation to deal with. I guess it depends on the state of the body. Yeah, exactly. Not be too insensitive. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. And there is a lot. We have to put our masks on. We have to be all gloved up and then we disinfect the area as well. So it's not just a matter of bagging it up and then off it goes. Mm. Um, We we do have to do other stuff as well because there's generally a lot of maggots and flies and the stench is... Is absolutely disgusting. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we yeah we do do things like that as well. So yeah, we do a whole wide range of um, services within the pest control industry, and that's why I'm very popular as well because there are females in the industry, but it is very much male dominated. Um, however, I'm one of the very few. I think there's less than three percent of us in the UK yeah. that actually run a pest control company but deliver a lot of the pest control services so you may have a female who's just an entomologist and she will only deal with bugs and she won't deal with the rat the rodents or you may have another female that just deals with moles and nothing else Mm. whereas me I do a wide range of services Mm. Mm. Um, and it's just growing all the time really yeah I mean I'm trying to work out how how long have we known each other it's got to be Oh, At least it's got to be a good 2016 I think I first met you was it yeah I think yeah it was 2016 that was when my issues started if you like yeah my trauma um yeah because you had a difficult start with your business didn't you in the first yeah place. it wasn't easy um you know things happen in your life um and it just knocked me for six um you know I went into a depressive kind of state attempted suicide and stuff like that that didn't work so I thought right what am I here for pick yourself up Vic and off we go well I'm very um, glad you didn't succeed <laughs> a lot of Goodness people do me. say that to be yeah, honest absolutely. but when, when you're in that moment Jackie yes yeah, um I can't imagine it's it's a very dark dark hole mm. and um there you know I I tell I'm quite happy to speak about my story and I've I done it with the British Pest Control Association, which is one of the trade um, organisations that I belong to. Mm. And I've I done my story in their magazine, which goes to like quite a lot of people up and down the country, pest controllers uh, and stuff like that. And the amount of guys that actually got in contact with me, offered me support, but also opened up about their own life and, and what they were going through, I found that so humbling because you know with guys they they don't really talk about their feelings or anything they just get up get on with it but 
for me to be able to open up within that industry and to get the response that I did was absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, and you, I had one guy, he was on the brink of it. And I just thought, you, you've just got to, you know, just, just stay in there. You know, I spoke to him quite a lot um, and stuff. And he's, he's all right now. He's, he, you know, he thanks me for, you know, giving him the advice and not giving up because he, he was on the edge. He really was on the edge. So that's why I'm quite happy to talk about my story and my situation because if I can help just one person mm. just to try and see things slightly differently, mm. yes, you're in this dark hole at the moment, but it's not got to be a dark hole forever. Mm. You can actually get out of it. Mm. Um, it's just that you've got to want to get out of that as well we've totally digressed from pest control haven't we no but it's it, but you're my guest i know yes whatever it covers yeah, yes this true. is what i said earlier you know we we have such a wide uh, and diverse range of yeah. topics and how it comes i might come back to that in a minute nikki yeah but, um i'm just checking if my next client is actually ready to come on i don't think she is but never mind we can carry on for a second um so yeah, no, I think I think what we'll do is, is come come back to that if we may, Vicky, and yeah, I think sure. it'll be really helpful to people um, because there is, you know, life's life's a bit of a bitch, isn't it? It is, and especially at the moment. Just, well, and emotions just come up and smack you. They don't really give you any um, any warning at all. Now, as I say, we'll come back to you, Vicky. Mm-hmm. My my next guest I can see is actually waiting with bated breath to get on air. 12.30 TWC, Business Beat Radio, Mondays 2 till 4pm UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes, for and from business women on all the socials, www.1230.co.uk at Love to Beat Radio. Now, um, my next guest is Maggie Barry. Uh, Berry, I beg your pardon, Becky, um, who I also have known for a long time, and she has changed job roles in between times. Now, um, Maggie, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you nice level clear. Super. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, okay, so we're live on air now. Maggie, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners, please? Yeah, absolutely. Jackie, uh, great to be here, and hi, everybody. Um, so, Jack said, my name is Maggie Berry, um, and I currently run a responsible business charity called Heart of the City, um, and we're all about supporting small and medium-sized enterprises with getting started on their responsible business journey, so looking at all things related to sustainability, ESG, CSR, all sorts of things like that. Um, and I've run the charity for a couple of years, but Jack, as you said, as you mentioned, we've known each other for a good long while, because prior to that, um, I was in a role with an organisation called We Connect International, which was all about helping women-owned businesses sell their stuff uh, into large corporates. And so I spent a lot of time working with um, women-owned businesses. Um, and my career started way back when, looking actually very specifically at women working in the tech industry. Um, so I spent a lot of time um, working working in the women in business space um, and with a strong focus on that SME, that small business, um, entrepreneurial space. Yeah, so that's that's me, and I don't know how much I could I could probably share lots more, but I'll <laughs> guide me about how much detail. You yeah, no, um, just to sort of um, expand a bit on that, um, Maggie. Um, heart of the city being London, 
Um, whereabouts physically are you in London when you when you're in yeah. the city? Yeah, great questions. So today I'm actually I'm actually at home today. So we work we have a hybrid working model, and I live in North Hertfordshire. But our offices we are really lucky. We are actually homed within the City of London Corporation. So mm. that's the governing body for the square mile, and we are very lucky because we have office space actually in the Guildhall. Right ah. in the centre of the city. Yeah. Indeed, our office overlooks, if any of you or any of your listeners are familiar with the Guildhall Yard, it's actually where the original Roman amphitheatre was in Roman London, and our the, the office space that we're in is right there. Brilliant. So I right bang in the, in the centre of it all. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't been there for a little while, but yes, I do, I do know it because I knew... The ladies in the library, well, um, oh, at yeah. that time, um, yes. go, going way back when. Um, but so do you uh, mean the, the small, the small business library? Yeah, yeah. So they are now. They've 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 also just moved recently, and they're literally around the corner from from the heart of the city offices. And we do lots of work with them. We really enjoy working with the um, with with that team and supporting lessons with all sorts of different all sorts of different aspects of running your business well. Oh, brilliant. It sounds as if I need a physical meeting with you to, to, make, to re, reconnect with them because um, they all seem to retire at the same time. <laughs> so sort of lost the connection. It's, it's interesting. So the, the team, you know, I, I mean, I mentioned the Royal Amphitheatre. The space that they now occupy, if you go downstairs, you can kind of open a dividing wall and you're, if you go down into their kind of basement, you're actually on the level and you can see the Roman amphitheatre, the remains of it yeah. right there. It's a very cool events. Yeah, it's yeah. a very cool event space. Um, and aside all of the stuff that I do at work, all the stuff around women in business and sporting SMEs, I love my history. So to be able to be based right there is a real is a real privilege. And um, uh, yeah, there's so much history in the city, which is just fantastic. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It's a wonderful location. And uh, um, so... What's a typical day look like for you, Maggie? Do you have a typical day? I know you've just described the fact that you're working hybrid, you're working from home, and you're also working in the office at times. But do do you have do you have two typical days? <laughs> I would say, well, actually, a Monday is a fairly typical day for me. I'm normally always working from home on a Monday, and it's one of the days when I normally speak to all of my team and make sure that I've had a chance to check in with everybody. So Mondays are normally a day with a lot of calls kind of running running throughout the day. I have rejigged my schedule to be able to be chat with you this afternoon. Mm. Um, and then other days, no, I don't think there is a typical day. I think I'm probably very, very similar to a lot of other uh, business leaders with small with small organisations. You know, we're a team of eight um, and every day we're required to do different things. And indeed, it actually changes at the time of the year as well. Um, so I will be honest right now, one of my big things that I'm working on is that we're just about to do our annual report and audit process, which is maybe, um, it's quite admin orientated, but it's a very necessary part of what we're doing. And so actually for the next few weeks, we're going to be, I'm going to be quite focused on that and making sure that we've got the charity through the, through the financial audit. But then by the time we get to the end of October, um, I know that as a team, we're delivering some big events and I'll be involved in, in making, making sure they're running successfully and that other parts of the year we'll be doing different things. So no typical day. But you know what, we are, we are that, that working hybrid and remotely, um, I'm a big fan of that kind of setup and the team having the opportunity to come into the office if they would like. And we make a big effort 
to always be together on a Tuesday. It's the one day of the week when everybody's working and we, we really make an effort to be together. And then other days of the week, people might be at home, some people might be in the office. It's, it, there's real flexibility there. And I think that's, that's an important aspect for me in running, in running the charity. So, so thank you for that. So um, your main focus is on helping startups or business growth generally? No, so it's, it's definitely, so our definition of an SME, a small, medium-sized enterprise, is any business with up to 250 staff. So that's actually quite, quite large. Um, and quite a lot of the businesses we work with are probably relatively established. They might still be maybe a team of like five, six, seven, eight people. Um, but they're at a point in their journey where they are ready to start thinking about, am I running my business well? And indeed, our tagline as the charity is that we believe every business can be a force for good. Um, we specialise in helping businesses who haven't really maybe looked at anything connected to sustainability and really helping them to put the building blocks in place that we believe they need to be able to you know, run a business well, whether that's looking at things like equality, diversity, inclusion, is it having a volunteering policy? Is it looking at the mental health and well-being of your team? Is it something connected to net zero in an environment? But what we specialise in is really helping small entities. We're not going to have a full-time sustainability manager to get started. So all really practical and hands-on with loads of resources and guidance and you know acknowledgement that you can't just do this stuff overnight, but they'll no. help you over the longer term to kind of pull these these programs together and really help you embed these practices um in, into your into your business absolutely yeah i don't know when that sounds really worthwhile so <clears throat> sorry excuse me <coughs> so um if people wanted to get hold of you maggie how would they get in touch and um, find out more the, the website there's lots of information on the website which is the heart of the city.com i am on linkedin um but I get a lot of different requests on LinkedIn. So actually, the best thing is to try and get hold of me via the email on the website. There's an info at email address on the website. And that will then wend its way to me if you'd like to get in touch that way. We're all, I'm active on LinkedIn, as is, as is Heart of the City as a charity, generally. So you can see if, if some of this, if you're thinking, gosh, yeah, I'd quite like to think about, you know, we'd, we'd be interested in um, you know, volunteering, a volunteering policy or thinking about maybe our own charitable giving. There are tons of resources on our website, all free to access. You can just search the topic that you're looking for. Um, and it's all online and easily accessible. Sometimes you might need to just give us some details about yourself. Some of the funding that we've had to develop, some of the resources means we need to just check um, where people are located if they access the content. Um, for example, we've got a really brilliant, I'm biased because I'm the charity, but it is really brilliant. We've had some good feedback, you know, really brilliant climate uh, net zero toolkit that absolutely designed at small businesses to help them, you know, think about, right, what does this all mean? How do I get started? How do I mm. start measuring? So there's all sorts of stuff there. So I'm on the website and you can absolutely get in touch. Brilliant. It's brilliant. I think you were very tactful when you said about LinkedIn, a lot of people contacting you. What you mean is you get spammed. So <laughs> <laughs> I... Do you know, I mean, I'm sure many of you know around settings on LinkedIn and you can set different things. I have for a long time not had a setting on there. And if you don't know my email address, you can't get in touch. But I thought that was a bit, 
a bit of a barrier so I, I removed that yeah. but I do get a lot of people getting in touch and I have to say I don't always get to everything as quickly as I might like so the easiest way for me is definitely via an email yeah um, and even though my inbox is busy as I'm sure everybody is I do eventually get around to looking up <laughs> emails and um yeah, I love LinkedIn, but it can, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's, there's only so much anyone can do in a day anyway, isn't there? And everybody, it's, the, the, I mean, the, the difficulty is that everybody's got their favourites. So, for example, I have a WhatsApp group for my hosts, and one of my hosts doesn't do WhatsApp. So, you know, I always have to do email with her. And, yeah. and so I'm sort of real belt and braces in that situation. So it's quite difficult. Have you got any yeah. events coming up, Maggie? Did you do... do um, events as such I must confess I haven't looked at your website yeah recently. We do. so we do um a lot of what we do is online delivery um because it means that we can reach businesses wherever they might be it also means we can record it and then people can listen back mm. um our next online session mm. just gonna double check I want to say it is the first week in September um is actually all about carbon offsetting and whether small businesses should be thinking about carbon offsetting so again this is one of the kind of topics that we look at around environment and and net zero um and so we're doing yeah should be should you be buying carbon offsets that's on the 6th of September it's a free one hour lunchtime session and then the one after that which again is, is kind of all in this kind of um, theme around sustainability we're doing one about the UN sustainable development goals and uh. thinking about responsible business strategies and that's on the 19th of September so there's an events tab on the website mm, and yeah, you can I access look. everything there mm. and then we do do in-person events um they are kind of fewer and like fewer and far between if that makes sense we're probably just a few times a year but if any of your listeners are kind of are located kind of in the square mile doing a lot of work in the square mile we've got an event for business I don't think it's on the website yet though but that'll be towards the end of October mm-hmm. um details about that but a lot of what we do is online and the way it's designed is it just it means people can access it whenever they want so I don't know about you so I spend up doing things at random times of the day which (laughs) when other people are working or on the weekends yeah and it just means like you know we we appreciate that for business owners that's the flexibility they need so we try and try and match that I think I think it's interesting because you're talking about um, having a hybrid way of working and so many people have these days and I think catching up time is often dependent obviously on people's personal situation but a lot of catching up time I find not only for me but for other people I know is Saturday and Sunday mornings yep. yeah so you know that's yeah. the sort of uh, objects we've got there um, Maggie I need to update everybody with some news that's going on here in a moment so Thank you so much for being on here. Let's have a proper catch up in person so we can do hybrid as well. Um, Just to let our listeners know that if there's any part of this show that you've missed, it is being recorded and will be on the 1230 website, which is all the w's1230.co.uk next Friday. That's not this week. That's the following week. It will be there. So if there is any information that you've perhaps missed that Maggie was saying, you'll be able to find that next Friday in particular. But Maggie, just a quickie, your website address again? It is theheartofthecity.com. Excellent. Thank you so much. And let's have a proper catch up. Thank you so much for your time. Um, We're going to play your music very shortly before the adverts come in, which is, just reminds me what, what you chose. I said David Gray and um, This Year's Love, which is on his White Ladder album, which is from a long time ago now, but I 
big favorite of mine is it so so no other reason it's just something that you particularly love it's a yeah do you know it's i i'm i have to admit there's only a few i don't know maybe a few albums over the years that have kind of left a big mark and his is one of them and in fact when he did, he did an anniversary tour last year and played the whole album back to back and i went to or two with my husband to listen to it all and it was just so many memories but this year's love it's such a gorgeous song and i just love the excellent yeah. well thank you thank you again maggie and i look forward to meeting again in person soon i yeah. hope um, come, to the, come to the Guildhall, come and meet us. I'd love to. Yeah, no, I'd love to have a proper catch up. Yeah, no, that'd be really good. Um, so thank you again and speak to you soon. You're very welcome. You're very Take welcome. Take care, Thanks, Maggie. Everyone. Take care. Bye. Okay, so just a little bit of a catch up with us um, in the studio here with with everyone is to let you know that the date of the 20th of September that I've been rabbiting on about for absolutely ages is actually now live on the website. You will find it underneath calendar and it's the 1230 TWC Action Day Expo. So stands are available. All the details are there in terms of um, the speakers. We've, we've got a couple of more speakers to um to come on board so there's those details there but the majority of stuff is there and you can book it now so you can book your place you can book a stand if you want to and we've also because it's september 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 is our 12 30 bring a girlfriend month so there's a very special price there if you bring a girlfriend so if there's two of you then um, you'll find those details there on the website so do have a look all the W's, 1230.co.uk and under calendar. This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. Hello, and we're back in the studio. So thank you so much, Maggie Berry, the heart of the city, based in Guildhall or working from her home in Hertfordshire. So I'll keep you posted as to as and when Maggie and I have a proper catch-up. My next guest, who is Nina Christofferson. Now, um, Nina, can you hear me okay? I can. I can hear you. Can you hear me okay? Fantastic. Yes, so we can. Thank you so much. First thing is, Nina, absolutely thrilled that you can be with us today. Would you like to introduce yourself, please? Ah, okay. Um, well, I'm a, a, a mixed bag of wonderful all sorts So. Um, a performer, from a singer to an actor to a producer, director, and um, I'm also an educator, a teacher as well of the voice, um, and that beats speech and singing and a few other things on the side as well. Um, so I'm a big creator, award-winning. Um, I work with lots of different um, creatives in different areas, and I love my work. Wow, yes, I know. It's uh, and, 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 and the current thing is... You're Billy Holiday, aren't you? Yeah, the, the current show, the current couple of shows that I've been doing is uh, the Billy Holiday Story. Mm. Um, the Billy Holiday Story was um, a show that started off in Edinburgh and then it went to the West End. Um, it sold out, won awards in the West End. And then we did a tour and the tour ended up, um, we converted that into like a concert version. And that concert version has been running for quite some time now, almost 10 years actually, quite, wow. quite a while. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's been amazing. And I worked with the wonderful Alan Rogers on piano, and he was the MD for that project. And certainly, um, I didn't start with him. I started with another wonderful um, MD pianist called Warren Wills, and he's absolutely amazing as well. But um, Alan joined me for the show in the West End, and we've just been together ever since. Um, and it's been phenomenal. And I wrote another show called Timeless, where I'm singing in five different languages. Wow. Um, yeah, it's unusual. Um, How does that work? Do you, I, do you speak languages yourself? No, I don't, I'm not fluent in the languages, but I'm, I'm fluent in, uh, you know, when it comes to linguistics of singing, mm. um, using lots of phonetics and so forth. So I sing in French, Italian, Spanish, Latin, of course, English. Mm. And, that, and the show is sort of um, timeless, it's called. Um, and I tag my name in both my shows, so, you know, there's a good way of people sort of enunciating my name correctly all going crisp, crisp and getting kind of close to it. And I'm, I'm okay with that too. Um, so it's um, Nina Christopherson's Billie Holiday story mm. and then Nina Christopherson's Timeless. And um, as I was saying, Timeless is from Beyonce to Puccini in five different languages. Um, and um, it, But it incorporates all different styles of music. So you've got um, a little bit of um, Latin music, you've got classical musical You've got lots of musical theatre, you've got pop, you've got rock, you've got R&B, you've got gospel, you've got soul. Mm. And there's about 18 songs um, in Timeless. And the same for um, the Billie Holiday story. But Timeless um, is a show that sort of incorporates um, all these different languages and very very much a way of um, bringing the community together because I always feel the community is so diverse in culture. Mm. And, um, yeah, and I think when people come to the shows, um, it's a mixture of, of um, different age groups and demographics and cultural uh, mixture. And I really love that, to be honest. Um, and um, I always get somebody who can speak, speak fluent uh, or who is native. And uh, we have great banter between myself and the audience. And it's a lot of fun, actually. So it's really nice. Um, which theatre, for our listeners, uh, which theatre is that on at? Are you performing at? Uh, yeah, the, the theatre, when uh, the Billy Holiday store was at the Charing Cross Theatre, mm. just off the Strand in, in the West End, and then it toured, and then, as I said, and then it's been at the Pheasantry, which is um, in Chelsea on King's Road, um, 152 Kings Road, Sloan Square, and then um, also at Siddell's, um Crazy Cox. Um, and because Crazy Cox has got, um, it's a wonderful Art Deco venue. Right. Um, uh, yeah, right by Piccadilly Circus, about a minute walk from there. And it's absolutely beautiful. And they've got a, like, a lovely, beautiful theatre space in there. I think it's, it's just under 100. Mm. And it's really lovely. So I'm there often as well between uh, Crazy Cox and um, the Pheasantry performing both the Billy Holiday story and Timeless. Um, so I'm looking to um, incorporate and perform at other venues in London and and around London with those shows and everything. So I'm very open to that. But mm. um, the last show was just on the 12th of August at the Pheasantry, uh, which was Timeless and, um, you know, just absolutely brilliant 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 we we changed the lineup a little bit we included a few more new songs um um we included um diamonds are forever ever um a bit of shirley bassey yeah so it asked me to say that so it was, yeah. that was really nice uh, yeah wow <laughs> yeah 
really amazing. And then a wonderful tribute to uh, the fabulous Tina Turner, who's no longer with us. Yes. And River, yeah, River Deep Mountain High. And, um, and then Never, Never Enough. Uh, from the greatest Sherman, yeah. and that was included. So it kind of gives you an idea of the kind of eclectic mix. And then I sing things like Ave Maria, O Mio Babino Caro, Besame um, Mucho, Mambo Italiano. You know what I mean? So it's a real eclectic mix, and there's a bit of a del there as well. So there's really something for everyone. James Brown, yeah, <laughs> it's all. <laughs> Vicky, it's sounds great. like we're, we've, we've got to get booked in here. This is just definite, is it? Yeah, uh, uh, it's not. Um, is so. So, am I understanding this correctly, uh, Nina? That this is something that you developed yourself. I, I wrote both both the shows. I I developed and wrote. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Amazing. So I think that's. Yeah. Thank you. It's unusual. I think, um, especially when I when I first wrote it, I think um, I was one of the first, if not the first, to have written their own show for the West End and starred in it. And, and uh, was one of the producers, and that was a Billy Holiday story. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote it, and I was Billy Holiday, and it's a one-woman show. Both of them are one-woman shows. Mm. Um, and um, the Billy Holiday story had a five-piece jazz band in there. So wonderful uh, musicians like Martin Shaw, um, Jeff Gascoigne, you know, um, Albert Garza, you know, wonderful uh, Phil Donnelly. Just really. A huge eclectic mix, and that's um, the production that Alan Rogers was MDing on, and he was just fantastic to work with. And we just got on so well that we just we built a wonderful relationship, and we we um, continue to work on timeless again. And that's also, you know, that can be played with a band, or it can be played um, with a three piece. Often it's played with um, Alan and myself and some tracks um, to support and give a big sound. But it certainly is. Um, it's a roller coaster ride, both of us, for different, <laughs> different reasons. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Reasons. I mean, it's, I, I can understand, and, and it makes perfect sense, that you have to be able to get on with the people that you're working with because of the way everything oh. is set up. Did I understand correctly that you, you've been with it, uh, been, taken it to, or started off at the Edinburgh Festival? Yeah, that's right. It was at Edinburgh Festival. Um, and uh, it was just myself and... Um, Warren Wills, he was amazing. Uh, he was my uh, pianist MD for the first leg of it. And then I wanted him to do uh, the West End, but he had another production. Mm. And while I was at Edinburgh, he introduced me to Alan Rogers. Um, and that's when I suddenly thought, oh, we can't do it. I suddenly thought, let me try Alan. It's Alan free. Mm. And uh, he came round and he, he was on the piano. Um, he played literally as soon as his fingers touched the piano. Um, within one flourish, I said, oh, please be free. Because <laughs> he was amazing. I sort of thought, oh. But um, Edinburgh was amazing. I mean, Edinburgh Festival is running now, so yeah, I don't know yeah. if, if anyone's been up there. Yeah, yeah. Have you been before? No, Edinburgh? I've never been. I, I almost went. Um, <laughs> well, I was doing a, my background society training, and I had a contract in Glasgow, and the oh. n network, the internet network, um, broke down and um one of the guys said to me why don't you go to the Edinburgh Festival and I said oh yeah that'd be great and then one of the other guys said to me how on earth could you possibly consider going there when you were in the cultural center of the universe you must go to the Glasgow Arts um Museum or whatever it was so I went there instead 
But interestingly, I know, I know. So I've never made it. But interestingly enough, I don't know whether you would ever have come across Pam Ford as a comedian, stand-up comedian, and Matthew Crosby. Yes, yes I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, Pam Pam Ford has been a friend for a long time, and she's just literally taken the leap away from working as a, an events organizer in a care home and she's up at the festival at the moment she's done the festival for many years but she's also mm -hmm. kept that work that this you know her, her work um her job if you like going um and uh, but over in the last couple of days she's taken that big leap um and matthew um, lives locally here and he came into the studio the other week so it was an absolute joy to make him as well and he was saying that anybody who's anybody does Edinburgh Festival yeah. that's you know that went to start if, if at no other time so um, so no so foolishly in some ways I listened and went to Glasgow event and didn't do the Edinburgh Festival when I was up there so but I must do it I think yeah I was going to say that well you know um, it's always on every year, you know, apart from the pandemic when it wasn't running. Sure. Um, I think, but you know, um, I think it's 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 really good to go and see what it's all about, especially even if you don't like um, theatre as such. But it's just great to support the arts in general, to be honest. Mm. Um, because yeah, because they took such a, a a big blow when it came to the pandemic, because um, you know most people weren't furloughed, so they weren't getting any support. Mm. And the theatres, yeah, the theatres were closed for two years, just, you Gosh. know, if you think about it. Yeah, it's a long time. So huge long time impact. for an industry. To, yeah, a huge impact. Yeah. It basically brought it to a halt. And um, for that industry to not have any support, and, and now it's still not fully back. Mm. Uh, it's getting there, but it's not fully back, because um, there's a backlog of shows that haven't been performed, that is still to be scheduled two years down the line, coming on for a year, do you know what I mean? And then there's new shows that they're trying to slot in as well. And so it's a it's really complicated mix at the moment. And, I, I, you know, personally, I've been really lucky to um, have been performing um, at the moment um, when I do get um, an opportunity because I know that um, some shows haven't been able to perform and everything. But, uh, the, you know, after the furlough and uh, the pandemic, people are coming back to the arts. So it's great to... That, Things like Edinburgh Festival is back up and running, and people are going there and really begin to enjoy or uh, creativity and exploring that. And, and artists are exploring their skills, and writers and directors mm. and producers are getting back into the game of creating new pieces and bringing them back to festivals at large and and that going to the wider world. So it's 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 incredible. And but you know, on the back of that, um, I was thinking about because I'm also um, the chair for the Writers Guild of Great Britain for the London and South East region. All right. And I represent Yeah. So um so at the moment I don't know if you've heard anything about the what's going on in America with SAGAFRA um and the Writers um, Guild of America. They they're on strike and they're still on strike because of AI. You know, this, yeah. And that yeah, was exactly AI the next individual. next thing I was gonna ask you about. So yeah, please. Uh -huh. Yeah, so oh, so sorry, I mean what what were you going to say? Sorry, sorry I was going to say that the next thing I was going to say, I'm so pleased that you sort of wrapped around and led into what's going on in Hollywood with all of that, because um, I was going to ask you about the impact of AI to, to your industry and your experience. Yeah, yeah you know, it's, it's been quite interesting because, I mean, 
I sort of tag it more onto America, America, because they've kind of leading the way with the current strike and everything, and um, it's had a huge impact there. And what has an impact there has an impact here in the UK and around the world, to be honest. Um, mm. And um, basically, I mean, artificial intelligence is a good thing to a point, but if it, they're going to use artificial intelligence to replace, um, you know, humans, uh, that's a, you're sort of negating a new area, which isn't really feasible, because, you know, we know that artificial intelligence is brilliant at algorithms, but beyond that, it's not human, it doesn't have feelings, and, and you can actually ask, um, there's loads of apps that you can actually use, um, to create stories, but those stories are, are, are kind of generic around um, the information that's put in and something will throw out. But whereas original stories, uh, the human experience, the lived experience, isn't something that can be related to um, AI it's, uh, as such. So it's quite, it's, uh, although it's it's got great, it's a great tool, but it cannot replace um, the stories that we can come up with as individuals that we tell our, tell our children that we we share around the campfire we, we you know we share in general and and those stories can't be replaced by ai and and also the stripes about residuals and people being paid um for repeats and and how they use an ai to basically generate um a, a copy of somebody mm. so once and they're copying somebody's um somebody and once they copy them they're not giving them any pay yeah. for that yeah. you know yeah. and that's that's a huge issue you can't do yeah. that that's that's illegal yeah. you can't take a copy of me and then and then replicate that to not pay me for that no. and, you know i'm not i'm not a free service you're not a free service and from what i'm hearing that's quite commonplace um in in hollywood and and around but predominantly even hollywood and and people and I think because they can't afford to pay for their um, health insurance as well, I think they have to earn $26,000 in order to um, qualify for health insurance. And I think if they can't qualify for that, just, just sort of shows you that they, they're not even breaking the minimum wage. And that's, I think, I believe about 98% of workers in the, in that industry, in the arts, in the in the film industry, in America are not qualifying for health insurance for really? that job alone. Gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I didn't realise that. You know, yeah, I know. The number is really, it's, it's quite, um, quite not just shocking, but it's unbelievable that mm. that could be real, really. Mm. So I don't think they, they don't have any choice but to strike um, because uh, um, the conditions are not um, sustainable and they have to change and it's the only way they can sort of really hopefully... Um, negotiate a real working um, environment uh, that's sustainable for everyone it, it raises all sorts of legal issues doesn't it i mean it's it's um yeah. with copyright etc um licenses I and mean, just just scratching the surface as you say um the health insurance thing is another matter altogether isn't it yeah i mean um once your health if you don't if you can't have any support or your health, you can forget it, you know, yeah. without your health, you, that's it. Um, and if you can't afford to take care of yourself, to buy medicine for yourself, for your children, for your family, um, you know, that's that's really, really poor. I mean, we've got the issues here as well. It's just that we, at the moment, at the moment, we have a free health um, service mm. and mm. how long that's going to continue the way things are going, we don't know. But no. um, we certainly aren't under the constraints um, of the Americans, but 
the same issues that they're fighting, we're fighting here. And, you know, it's through the Writers Guild of um, Great Britain, we're fighting that, and also through equity um, that represents actors. And, uh, you know, all I can say for anyone out there listening, uh, join a new union, because it really is important to um, stand together as a uh, in solidarity to really help shift um, change for the mass rather than for a minority. No, absolutely. Um, and I think it's a, that's another topic that could really be quite expensive, isn't it? Um, Nina, I'm just conscious of our time because Sonia Brown, who I mentioned to you earlier, she should be joining us around about half past. Lovely. Um, so please do feel free to stay on the line. Um, your Great. other piece of music um, that you chose was Ave Maria, which I don't know Ave about Maria. Vicky, but I will probably be in tears <laughs> when, oh, that, ca- when that comes on. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and... I think just uh, to touch very quickly on the fact that you also are a lecturer in various universities um, on diversity for one one topic. What what's what what other yeah, things in, do you do in that area? Well, um, for the universities, um, I was former um, director of EDI Quality Diversity and Inclusion mm. uh, for one university, and um, I also. Uh, lecture on the voice. So I do workshops, um, both singing, gaming, and voice workshops um, at different universities, and also lecture on um, equality, diversity, and inclusion. And um, what that encompasses is basically uh, equality, a cultural change and shift for the majority, um, generally the global majority, because the tr- the idea is to try and bring the minority back into the mainstream. So the conversations that have been sort of kept out of um, the circle are brought in to change the framework of education so that um, it's much more acceptable and easily digestible for all rather than for, you know, the mainstream. Um, because you've got lots of different cultures who are impacted by, um, you know, the topics that have been chosen that haven't been broad enough and haven't been inclusive enough and the idea that um, they should basically adhere to um, the cultural change that is the norm but what is considered the norm um, and that's that, that's depending on where you're from the norm is yeah what is the norm for anything exactly mm. exactly the norm is all of us really mm. and, and mm. it should be inclusive and that and that's the argument um and that's that's really the shifting of the education and the pedagogy um making sure that the quality of work um and and the um the choices are there that um the educators can actually share much more um so they're not sort of pigeonholed with um, the old text of, of the great writers. Don't get me wrong, they're wonderful. You know, everyone knows about Shakespeare, but not everyone knows about the other wonderful writers that are out there in different cultures. And, mm. and it's understanding that and bringing that in, into the main, mainstream because that's the mainstream of life. So education really needs to be a, an aspect of what's our lived experience as well as just being taught, um, you know, a sort of really diluted form of education. So I, I love teaching and I love um, being an educator and I do that a lot. You're right. Thank you for bringing that up. Oh, thank you. And um, just before we leave you for a moment, um, hopefully Sonia will be joining us soon. And if you've got time, 
uh, Nina, to stay on. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Just a reminder of how people can, well, I mean, just type in your name, I guess, into Google and they'll find you, won't they? Yes, yes, that'd be <laughs> lovely. That, that'd be lovely. Do find me, everyone. <laughs> okay, and we'll be there on the show. 12.30TWC, Business Beat Radio, Mondays 2 till 4pm UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes, for and from business women on all the socials, www.1230.co.uk at Love to Beat Radio. Okay, so I now have two super guests who have zoomed in. Um, Nina, who you heard from earlier, and Sonia Brown. Sonia, can you hear me? Yeah, loud and clear. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, now, I know what you get up to, or at least I think I know what you get up to. Um, Vicky, I'm not sure. Vicky's in the studio with me. You just said hello to her. So I'm going to um, turn her on as well, her mic on as well, so that um, we can include her in the conversation. Yeah. Um, Nina and Sonia, please meet each other. Sonia, if you would like to introduce yourself to our listeners, please. Okay. So I'm Sonia Brown MPE. I'm the founder of the National Black Women's Network and Sister Talk, and we are about empowering women to progress in their aspirations. So we support and inspire and motivate um, women to achieve their aspirations, whether it's in business, um, corporate, or politics. So that's what we do. And we do that through education, workshops, networking events, um, any online programs, etc. Anything to help boost our women. This, um, Sonia, do you, are you, aren't you doing um, a, re, am I, um, a relaunch in September? Yeah, Is that? About that? Yeah, um, so we're rebranding. Um, so Jackie always makes me tell everybody when I'm on the show. So um, <laughs> I suffered from um, Gillian Barr syndrome, which meant. I woke up one day and I couldn't walk, and it's been nearly four years. I didn't even realise it was that long um, that I've been learning trying to walk again. So it's taken an impact on the network, also my mental health, I might add. And um, so we are going to launch by hook or by crook in the first week of September. So that will be www.nbwn.national.blackwomensnetwork.org. So. Um, even if you go to the site now, you can sign up to get notified of what's going to happen. And, um, yeah, it should be okay. It should be fine. It's going to be brilliant. It's going to be absolutely brilliant. I don't know, Sonia, yeah, well, if you I'm were... the content at the moment, and the design's nice, so I'm still in love with it. <laughs> you know what it's like when you're doing a, a website. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I don't know if you were able to listen to the um, show any earlier when Nina came on. Have you been able to listen to that today? Yeah. So you, you did yeah, you? I got in from when Maggie was talking. Pardon? I got in. I tuned into the show when Maggie was speaking. Oh, brilliant. Okay, okay. So um, you, you know about I was what I was thinking about particularly with Nina was the diversity side of things, which of course is something that you're involved in as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've been doing that for a long, long time, and um, it's changing, the world is changing, um, people's values, beliefs, um, priorities are changing when it comes to diversity, so it's, um, you know, what's what's the talk of today will not be the same next year, 
and it's an evolving topic, it's an emotive topic, and it means different things to different people. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, and, and you you were yeah. saying you were saying, Sonia, about your relaunch in September. Now Vicky's mm. not actually Vicky in the studio with me is not actually relaunching, but she's diversifying and adding in a bit on the corporate side of things. And, and we started talking about it, but we weren't able to finish that. Vicky, do you want to tell our listeners and Yeah, it was just it was just sort of like um I've had to kind of if you like, grow up a little bit because I don't know, my branding at the moment is very, what they say in the corporate world, um, very quite childlike and quite comical and stuff like that. And I, the reason why I chose the original logo was because I, I because working in pest control can actually be really daunting for some people and I wanted to be different. So I looked at the rest of the industry and most of the industry is really dark colours, um, you know, not vibrant, not welcoming. It's all doom and gloom and stuff like that. So I wanted to change that. So which has worked wonders for me for the last seven years. There's been no issues whatsoever. But what I found was is that I'm struggling to get into those corporate side of things to get the bigger jobs, the bigger projects that I can actually work on or that we can actually work on. And it's transpired that the reason why I'm not getting them, believe it or not, is because I don't look corporate enough. So now over the last week or so, I've had to come up with a brand new logo to fit into the corporate world. Bearing in mind, it's still the same team that would ever come out and see you. I'm still running the company, but I've had to spend money, unnecessary money in my eyes, on creating a new logo uh, creating a new website and and changing everything that I kind of believe in, I, I, I guess, in, in to fit into this corporate industry in order to be able to get the the work and the larger projects. So, yeah, it's it's been it's a bit of a challenging. Up to me, and I would have shot, told you what to do. It, yeah, it's, it's challenging. It's challenging to be honest with you, but you know we'll we'll see what happens. But it's an unnecessary <laughs> budget that I haven't. I haven't catered for um, yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see why I need to change in order to fit in, if I'm honest with you, is, is my actual personal view on that. Um, you know, because I've still got all the qualifications and everything. But there you go. We'll see what happens. So what's um, what's your thoughts on that, that, ladies, Lena and, uh, and uh, Sonia? Any thoughts on that particularly? Lena? Um, it's not even so much even change, changing. Um, I don't think you should change yourself as such, but um, maybe what, how you're presenting, what the material. I don't know. I don't know what. Um, I personally, if I was going to look at um, what you're doing, um, as you're saying about branding, you'd have to look at the whole thing. I think there's room for every everyone and and the skill sets that they're bringing to the table, but. Um, I don't think you have to change the way you look or anything like that to come into any corporate world. I, you know, that's not the way it should be done. There's, there's room for you as you are. Um, so I'm not sure when you say they're expecting you to change. I'm not sure when you said about, you know, that the logo is comical and everything. Um, but the language around the logo that looks comical shouldn't be um, problematic. If, you, if this is an area of your field of expertise, that should be enough. Yeah, Vicky's yeah. got this super van and I love it and I can understand 
why, well, to some extent, I suppose I can understand why it might be hard breaking into corporates with it. But she's got one of her vans and, and the rest of her liveries. It's yellow with this wonderful, fun ladybird, big ladybird on it. Um, locally and wherever she goes, everybody knows Vicky. Mm. She's the bug lady. Um, and so, sorry. Is it the story though? I mean, the story behind, you know, the logo and everything. Is that clear enough? Yeah, because it's it's very it's very obvious as to as to what I do because um, it quite clearly says ladybug pest control. And then at the side of it, it's got a ladybug. Obviously, it's called ladybug because in America, a ladybird is called a ladybug. Um, I didn't want to be called ladybird pest control. I just wanted it to be ladybug pest control. And that and that's kind of what I've done. And I've and I've changed the the uh, ladybird logo so that she's a female and represents uh, a female-owned business. Or however, I do have men that work for me who are actual technicians as well. So it was just sort of like I needed to tone down the actual logo and the the colours behind it. So at the moment it's bright yellow, but when we go into the corporate world, it has to be the dark kind of colours. I have to remove the Ladybird logo, and it's just called Ladybug Pest Control. It's it's called Ladybug Commercial Pest Control is the new logo, but we don't have that vibrant in it because that's that's me I'm a bubbly person I'm bright and vibrant and I wanted to give that across in my business and it has worked for the last seven years and don't get me wrong I have had smaller projects this that and the other but if I want to go for my golden goose egg if you like the one that's going to keep uh paying my bills if you like or you know rewarding me yeah to grow my business um then I have to change to fit in with the corporate styles which are different colors so you like your blues your your greens and uh your your, your black colors as well to fit in well it's a i think it's a question of watch this space then to see how yeah. you get on yeah. and Son, sonny what about you with your relaunch have you done different logos and branding um actually we in the end we stuck to the um original logo because that's what everybody knows yeah but what we have done is focused on the story behind the, um, the network, because I've not been around for 24 and a half years, it's important to say, we, well, we have been around for nearly two decades. And sometimes you forget that you've done all this work. And, I, you know, I think Nina will say that if she thinks about all the shows she's ever done, and it's really weird going through all the catalogues of photos and things yeah. like, oh, my God, did That's I do this? Oh, my God, did I look like that? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then... It, it brings back good memories and, um, you know, especially for me where I really cannot walk and it's, it's like, oh, God. Um, and it was really weird because I went to an event last week. It was the Met, the new Met for London. So they had that thing. So really, you know, we did a big lot of work around the police and um, CME, etc. And I'm not going to do to go global majority. I'm just doing black, Asian, and minority ethnic, we have a shared experience, right? That's <laughs> so anyway, right. cut a long story short, anyway, we, we, I said, if someone picks me up um, and drives me there, then that'll be fine. So anyway, one of the chairs came, and it, it was almost like, it was a very surreal feeling, because I'm there at this event, and I should have told them I'm disabled, and I forgot. Mm -hmm. 
Oh. So you forget how long the, the corridors are. Right? Yeah. So, oh. I know, and I was just like, oh my god. Okay, mm. um, let me keep going. And um, anyway, police officers, no, no, you sit down, we'll wait, we'll take you in. So they took me in, they sat me down, and then I said, oh, the guys who dropped me, they're at the upper entrance, because somebody get them. And so they went and put another officer to get them, and they came back, and they said, oh, um, one of the, well, he was the former borough commander, but now he's gone on to greater things, grander things. He was in there with the commissioner, and I said, oh, please, take him, um, tell him that I'm here, but you've got to come to me rather than me to him. And he was like, okay. So there were these two men, and I'm going to be controversial. There was two white men standing in front of me, right? So remember, we're in Ely, the most diverse borough in the world. And um, they're standing And that body language, and I said, I don't know, I'm too far away, I'm two chairs away. How the hell do I get to them? So I have to lip read. So when there's a pause in the conversation, I've got to jump in that conversation. Anyway, it turns out one of them leads the um, course on policing at the university, and the other one is in charge of the whole contract. And then when Colin came, and he's like, oh my God, we did this over 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And we still do coffee with the copper and, and met girls. I said, I should have copied that. That's what I should have <laughs> <laughs> And then, um, so the guys were like, oh, you know, could, would you come out and speak? And I said, no, I, you know, I've got, it's very, very difficult for me when, now that I can't walk. And I realised that there is some um, value. So what I was going to say, to end that story, but gosh, if I was walking... Oh, I would have been like a Duracell battery. <laughs> I would have been... You know, she would, she would. Fantastic opportunity. So it was really good. But what it reminded me of is sometimes we're always looking ahead mm-hmm. and we should be thinking about valuing what we've done and put that value to what we do. Now, so if I was um, looking at a rebrand, I would say to myself, it's not the way the world is changing. I remember, we've got AI now. We've got all the different... Um, platforms, social media platforms, not one brand is not going to, or one logo is not going to fit every social media platform. And then with the AI, what you have now is the ability, if you've got a good brand um, consultant, he should have still been able to manipulate those images so that it fits all different platforms. And furthermore, start to create a mission statement that was it would be able to tell your story. And then he would say to you, get get back on LinkedIn, because if you want to get into corporates, you've got to get into LinkedIn. So what's my story for LinkedIn? What's my story for where are my customers coming from, my paid customers coming from? Mm-hmm. So if it is LinkedIn, then you need to say, all right, I need to create a, sto- a brand story. And that's what I would have said to you. Cool. So, so Sonia has spoken. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's cool. Um, Sonia, I'm also conscious of time with you girls as well, um, all everybody, but um, just a reminder that we are on Love to Beat radio station based here in Penge, South East London, and at the moment I've got three super guests on air. We've got Vicky Sims, the bug lady, in, in the studio with me, and Nina Christofferson and Sonia Brown both on Zoom, all together um, having a good chat. Uh, and before we run out of time, can you all remind us how people can actually find you? Vicky, would you like to go first and just remind 
Yes, there's a number of different ways that they can uh, find me. I'm on all the social media platforms, so Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, where else is there? Oh, um, what's the latest one? Uh, TikTok. Uh, I'm on there as well. Um, obviously, I have a website, which is uh, ladybugpestcontrol.co.uk, um, and all the information is on there. Excellent. Thank you, Nina. How, how would... Obviously, they type... All three ladies, I think, if people typed in your names yeah, on Google, on Google <laughs> yes. up you will come. Yes. But Nina, your, your latest shows, just remind us where they are, please. Uh, the latest shows are at the Pheasantry, um, which is on the King's Road, Chelsea, for Timeless and uh, Billy Holiday, and also at Sadal's Crazy Cox. And you can find me, uh, Nina, N-I-N-A, Christopherson, K-R-I-S-T-O-F-F. Freddy, E R S for Sugar O N, and type in my name, uh, NK Productions for my website, .co.uk, and Nina's page for Twitter, and uh, Nina Christopherson for Facebook, LinkedIn, and everything else. Wow. Okay. Thank you for that. And Sonia, what about you? Um, people can still obviously find you online, but we're waiting for this big launch in September. I, I don't know about you, ladies, but I always think of September as the beginning of the, the new business year. No, not no. really. No, all right it's then. Time for birthdays. It's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to bring cake I in. Did, it just reminds me of all the children having to go back to school and all the mothers who are really relieved that they're sending them back. <laughs> <laughs> so how are people going to get hold of you, Sonia? So you can also just type in um, Sonia Brown MBE in LinkedIn, in um, Facebook, and what else? Twitter. So that's at, at Sonia Brown Talks, at Sonia Talks, sorry, I forgot, Sonia Talks. And for the network, just sign up on all the W's, N-B-W-N, as National Black Women's Network, Excellent. Thank you so much. I'm going to say goodbye to you two ladies on online, and um, I will see you all again soon. Don't forget that this is all being recorded all on audio, and the uh, recordings in podcasts will be on the website all the W's, 1230.co.uk, um, on podcast next Friday. So that's not this week. It's the following Friday. You will be there. So I'm going to say goodbye to Nina and to Sonia. Thank you so much for being here today. And I look forward to speaking again very, very soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Okay, so uh, just a reminder um, from me about who we are. It's Jackie Groundsell, 12.30, the Women's Company. Our meetings are monthly. Every month with the same regularity, you will find us at all the W's, 1230.co.uk. Our big, big, big event is coming up in September, on the 20th of September. Booking is now open so I would suggest you are quick, quick, quick and get on there to, to grab a place. In uh, So that's September. In October, on the 16th of October, we've got our menopause gang, hot stuff. We're having a special radio show purely for menopause because the 18th of October is menopause day. So we're, as we're here on a Monday, um, we're going to do that celebration on the 16th, 2 till 4. And before I forget it, and we get crammed out by the 
adverts. Just a reminder that following me is the lovely Ozzy Osmond who does indie music, um, indie rock. So he will be on following me on the radio station four till six. That's every week, same as we are two till four. So um, I just want to thank everybody so much for being with us today. I will see you. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? We all say, I will see you. I will listen and hear you <laughs> um, on the following Monday. So don't forget, Jackie Brownsell, 12.30, that's 1230.co.uk, Mondays, 2 to 4. So we're going to play out now. Um, let's have a look see. Ah, yes. I'm just going to play out on a piece of music and then Ozzy will follow on from that. So take care, everybody. Thank you so much to my guests, Sonia, Nina, Maggie and Kim. And thank you to... Where did I get Kim from? It shows shows it's enough time, isn't it? Let's do that again. Let's rewind. Okay. Thank you so much to my guests, Vicky Sims. (laughs) Sonia Brown, Nina Christopherson and Maggie Berry. Thank you so much. And thank you also to my listeners. We're a locally based show with Global Reach and the radio station is lovetobeatradio.co.uk. Thank you all. See you next week. Bye.